With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome back everybody to another episode of Bases Loaded. For those who don't know, Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast. I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And tonight, I'm finally not alone. I have Zach with me. Zach, how are you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. It's been a while. It's good to be back on with you. How did you like hosting? I enjoyed it. It was yeah. weird. It was weird not having you on there, but uh, but no, it was it was fun. But it's good to have uh, good to have you back and talk some baseball together, man. No, definitely. And honestly, it was kind of weird not being not being on one. On, and uh, but at the same time, it was cool to give you guys that trust and realize that you guys, you know, and see you guys come through with it. it was really it came through. I really enjoyed the episode. And in the future, obviously. I, I see you guys could do it now and no hesitation on my end. So you take a little bit of a stress off my shoulders now. Um, I tonight, sorry, go ahead. I appreciate it. We got your back. Well, yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> but tonight's episode 28. We're going to focus on a uh, mailbag episode. And before we jump in, a uh, few little plugs. Me, if I'm sure people are aware by now, but they're not. Myself and our other host, uh, almost called him Zach, George, we both started writing for Fantrax. So George just put out a new article today. I put out, I've been putting out deep dive articles. What, what was George's new article he's putting out tomorrow? Like a, a hitter's chart, I believe. Yeah, it's, I want to get the right name of it so people can have an idea of what to look for. The name is to be determined and understand that much. It's called the Week 15 Hitter Planner. Hitter Planner. He, Yes, he's he's creating like charts by scratch and trying to make trying to give you guys a it's gonna be a weekly hitter planner for fan tracks he's doing, and I have my weekly deep live article coming out tomorrow on it's gonna be Austin Meadows so by the time you're listening to this it'll probably be out already. With that being said, uh, we can move on forward, but just keep an eye out for George and I's uh, articles on fan tracks. So. Actually, before we started on the on the on the mailbag, there's a few uh, news and notes we wanted to discuss. Got this fancy email here that Zach sent me. Got to pull up some of these notes. Scooter Jeanette was activated. That's a pretty significant deal, I would say. And the reason why I say that we use the word significant is because second base is absolutely terrible and atrocious this year. And every time we think we get one, they get hurt. They get sent back down to the minors here. Which that, that's our next set of notes. Uh, but regardless, uh, Jeanette's back, activated. Back up now. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Jeanette's activated. Uh, that probably means bye bye to uh, what's his face? <laughs> Derek Dietrich. Dietrich. There you go. Mr. Pimp is Mr. Pimp home runs himself. Yeah. Uh, seriously. 
for now, he's probably going to lose a little bit of playing time. He's uh, He's been struggling as of late at the plate anyway. So, um, I mean, what was it? There was like a week or two where he was just really hot last month. He's definitely cooled off since then. So, yeah, he's probably borderline droppable at this point. And Gannett, Gannett, Jeanette, however you pronounce it. Um, yeah, that was a nice stash, IL stash that we were talking up months ago. Um, and now it's finally paying off. So um, if you do have him, get him off your IL and plug him in your lineup. Yeah, he's he's mixed league relevant already just because second base is so bad. But, that kind of, again, we kind of touched on our last – our next set of news within this one is uh, – is a Hira got called back up finally. They sent Travis Shaw, Shaw down, which is funny because this whole time Shaw had options. Don't know what they were waiting for, but they finally got the kid back up. Rooting for him. I don't think he's going to get sent back down. Last I checked, which it's probably gone up, but last I checked was like 35 or so percent owned in Yahoo leagues. So he's pretty readily available. I would call him basically a must add. He offers you power and speed, and it's hard to get. And again, second base is really hard to come by. I would definitely make a point to go out and get him. Yeah, I agree. It also it's interesting the corresponding moves that they made. It makes it seem like this is more of a, a long term move with Hira. Like you said, they they sent down Travis Shaw and they also DFA'd Hernan Perez, who's always kind of been like a utility infielder over there. Yeah, super utility everything. Yeah, he was like a Swiss Army knife for them. Yep. So it seems like Hira is most likely gonna keep that second base job. And then maybe once Shaw figures things out, maybe he'll become kind of like a super utility guy. I mean, he plays all the infield positions except shortstop. So who knows? But it sounds like the main gist of this is Hira is hopefully here to stay. And um, if he's available, definitely go get him. Now, what I don't understand is or what maybe there was a little bit of a – I'm not going to get too much into it – Maybe there was a little bit of manipulation of service time still. Maybe he didn't quite make the date, and they kind of made it happen now, and they waited until they got it. I can't say that for certain, but that kind of makes sense because he was hitting well before he got sent down. Then he suddenly comes back up after weeks. feels like what, two or three weeks now of Shaw struggling again yeah. after getting off the I.O. So. It wouldn't surprise me. That's, that's a prototypical front office move. I could definitely see that happening. I don't know the logistics behind the Super 2 and, and the cutoff dates and everything, but it wouldn't put it past me. So, again, that's Hira. Don't want to spend more time than we had to with him. Already kind of did. Uh, moving on, Buxton and Story are starting rehab assignments this weekend. That's awesome. Buxton was coming around with the power. It was nice to see him get going. He was quietly being re- really good, providing all-category type of production. Story, he's a stud. He's Story. And just getting him back is always a plus, regardless of – position with him yeah that was a big one I mean people thought that could have been like a season-ending injury so it's good to see that it only might take like 10 to 15 days for him to be back um so yeah that's good to see with story Buxton they definitely need him back especially with Eddie Rosario going on the IL today um they need another bat in that lineup um so it'll be good for them to get Buxton back Maybe they'll move him up a little bit in the order instead of batting him ninth. <laughs> but who knows? Regardless, uh, any type of category league or roto league, obviously a must-own. Points league's kind of iffy. Not that he's not a must-own, yeah. but he's not as valuable. 
So if you can sell high on him at any point, especially when he gets back, I would definitely do that. Yep. Two nice roto guys, like you said, both provide you some stolen base. Probably 25, 30 stolen base upside, both of those guys. I just hope they can both stay healthy for the second half. Uh, yeah. Speaking of healthy, Clevenger I thought was healthy, and he ruined my night. <laughs> I, I seriously, like I'm exaggerating. I, I tweeted about it. I wasn't kidding. I really stopped following box scores. I was done. He ruined legitimately probably half my leagues. I have that There's many not shirts. many matchups that are juicier than the Clevenger matchup against the Orioles tonight, and I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> he was outpitched by John Means, man. <laughs> Which, by the way, Means has been sneaky good this year. So, I mean, I don't know his per- like last. I haven't looked into him in a little bit, but last I looked into him, his peripherals suggest a, a big blow up was supposed to happen, and it hasn't come yet. The weather's getting warm. They're gonna have a lot of home games. Means is probably not gonna be as good as he's been, but ride him because I still have him in some deeper leagues, like fifteen teamers and deeper. I have him. Means is a sneaky little addict. He's probably still readily available too, especially because he just came off the IL. So. Somebody might want to look into. Speaking of somebody that is sneaky little good, I like these little transitions. This kind of works out. Uh, (laughs) Brandon McKay is getting the call for the Rays. Now, this is very uncharacteristic of the Rays. I've never seen them push a prospect up this fast. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. The question is, it's like, what what is the long-term role of McKay? Is this just a one-star thing because they have a doubleheader this weekend? Is it a one-star deal? Uh, if he pitches well, is he going to continue to start? Is he going to become a bulk guy like they were doing with Beeks and Yarbrough? Is he going to hit at all? I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of questions with him. Um, I'm really excited to see what they do with him, though. He's one of the more interesting think- players in the minor leagues right now. My thing about McKay is I don't think he's going to be hitting all that much because they just, the Rays already have an issue when it comes to getting at bats for their guys. So the last thing they probably want to do is mix in a bat or two for him unless they need a pinch hitter in those really long, you know, like a 15-inning game or something. But I think the pitch, the upside is so great with him that you have to get – if you're in daily waiver leagues, you have to get him now and you have to just hope – that they keep him up because the upside's there. Pitching is really tough to come by. Give me McKay. And I'm I've already have I already have him stashed in quite a few leagues. I spent fab on him. I didn't care. I think the upside's there and you gotta just take a, a gamble on him because if it works out, you could miss out on a solid pitcher. He could be like a like a Caleb Smith or a Boyd type. You never know. Or he could be really bad. You know, he could be Clevenger for, from tonight. But it's the type of risk you have to take when it comes to pitching this year because pitching has been so terrible. And I just, I don't see them sending him back down. They have such a need for pitching right now with glass. snow having a setback glass later. Uh, see what you did there. <laughs> Bad um, pun. I love it. <laughs> glass later is, uh, <laughs> is most likely going to be done till August at the earliest. Brent Honeywell had a setback. He's out for the rest of the year. Um, Another forgotten top prospect, Jose De Leon. He might be coming back, but, I mean, he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. And they're already playing this bullpen in game, like, twice a week. So they definitely need some arms that can eat up innings. So whether he's starting or he's pitching a bulk role, I feel like he's going to have a role with this team for the rest of the season. So we'll see what happens. But uh, it's a very intriguing call-up for sure. 
And one last thing, obviously Homer and Derby, exciting news. Alonzo got the invite, has accepted it. That's your boy. It's my boy. It's going to have bombs. What I have here, because be completely honest with the listeners, you asked me to put together eight hitters, you know, for NL for four AL. That was the AL and NL part were actually my ideas. I did not have time to. I kind of, I was running late on this article, and then we had to record. But I have a list. I have your list here. Do you want to run through your list of participants? If you had your ideal uh, baseball, obviously your ideal home run derby. Sure. So my NL participants, obviously Alonzo will be in there. Cody Bellinger, Josh Bell. And I had a tough time deciding between the last two. I wanted a representative from San Diego. And between Hunter Renfro and Framble Reyes, I just I couldn't decide. So I'll let, I'll let you do the tiebreaker with those two. And then my AL participants, Joey Gallo, Shohei Otani, Vlad, and Luke Voigt. I think those would be – I mean, I think all of those guys would legitimately do this event. I didn't want to pick guys like Trout or Yelich who I don't expect to really do this event. Um, so, yeah, those are the eight guys that I feel like would be great at this event and I could realistically see them participating this year. As far as – I mean, there's two cons- – well, actually one issue. First off, real quick before I even get to the issue, I swear I saw something about Yelich doing it he may have got an invite, but I didn't see anything about him formally accepting it. Okay. Maybe that's what it was. Cause I swore. I also know that Gary Sanchez was invited, but he was still deciding if he wanted to do it or not. So they obviously have like their top choice of guys and sometimes they don't accept. So then they'll extend the offer to the other guys. Um, but it's possible Yelich got one. I mean, they probably did. I mean, the guy is up there in home runs. Why not? No, I'm. I would love to see him do it, but I, again, it doesn't make sense to risk injury because you know all, I'm waiting for one of these guys to tear a lat one year because I feel like it's, or an oblique or whatever because I feel like obliques are such a common yeah. injury. But all right, before we, I don't want to get too far off on this tangent. Um, I'm gonna say Ray, Franmo Reyes over Renfro, and it's strictly because of the hype of Reyes. I feel like Reyes is a fan favorite at this point. Renfro is kind of Renfro hits bombs, but he's kind of lost some of that uh, that you know that shiny new, new toy factor where Reyes still kind of has it. And that's strictly based on that reasoning. I feel like Reyes would bring a little more excitement because he still has a little more raw, so like unknown about him. And yeah. I, AL, oh, sorry, go ahead. I think Reyes is probably the guy that I would choose between those two also. And as far as your AL, I can't get behind Vlad. After I did my deep dive article on him, after his, like, he hits too many ground balls as it is, doesn't have a lot of loft in his swing. He has legit power, but I don't. Th- I think the name just. I, it's funny because I'd rather see Vogelbach. Yeah, that Vogelbach was hits was on my list. Bombs, too, dude. <laughs> that would be fun to see him in there. He just, dude, he's like a linebacker playing baseball. Like <laughs> he, he, like, he looks like a farmhand. He's just huge, man. You know, he reminds me of. Do you remember the uh, the quarterback for the University of Kentucky? that the Giants drafted, the hefty lefty? Yeah. Jared Lorenzen. Look him up. That's exactly who he looks like to me. Yeah. But you're talking about a baseball player. I want to see that boy just smack dingers all night long. It's like a big Al in there. <laughs> yeah, dude, he is big Al. He's like a grown-up version. Big Dan. 
Let's get Lieutenant Dan in there. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. Okay, now we're getting really far off, off the road. The Vlad thing, I could see Vlad doing really well, or I could just see him doing a complete offer and getting nothing. I'm pretty sure that's what his dad did the one time he was in. <laughs> like father, like son. Uh, exactly. But, yeah, so Vlad, I understand the excitement with the name, but I'd rather have Eloy. I'd rather have, like, as far as rookies go, I'd rather have uh, – and then, like I said, I'd rather have Bogobok. So I've seen some Bogle bombs, man, and that that would be exciting. So, that would be. is there anything else you wanted to touch on before jumping into these questions? Because we have quite a few to get into. Just one other thing. Um, this kind of goes along with the Brendan McKay call up news before. So they announced the future game. Future That's right. Game rosters. I had the tweet. I had it pulled up. Sorry. I never um, I'm not gonna lie. These. This is. I think you said it before. I'm going to steal your thunder here. This this <laughs> might be more exciting than the All-Star game itself. <laughs> no, it definitely is. I, I tweeted that. You stole my tweet, basically. Yeah, whatever. I don't I don't blame you, man. It's, it is absolutely stacked with, like, top prospects. It is way more exciting than anything going on in the All-Star brick for me. And if you don't know your prospects, like, you want to get better at them, watch this game. Yeah, it's a perfect You'll, opportunity. You watch this game, you're going to see – Literally, pretty much everybody in here is almost a top 50 prospect. I'm not exaggerating. With a couple guys just outside the top 50 in prospects, you're going to get all these names. These are going to help you in your dynasty leagues or if people try to learn about, you know, prospects as a whole. And then you'll have the commentators uh, diving into them a little bit. You'll have some coach speak. You'll get – it'll help you kind of get the basics of some of these guys. And even the pitching staff. Sorry to cut you off here, but – so, like, two or three years ago, you got players like – like Bregman, Eloy, Moncada, like the guys that were on those rosters are taking up MLB rosters right now. Like in, in two years, you're going to know all of these names. So it's a oh, great opportunity sure. to learn all these names now. And like you said, for people playing in dynasty leagues, perfect game to watch for you. Yeah. And like a lot of these guys, like it's funny because Brendan McKay is actually on this roster. And he's already making he's making a start before this game. So wonder if he's pissed. He's not gonna be able to play in this game now. I'd be pissed. Yeah, no, because he's already made the show, man. None of these other guys have made the show. Anthony K is there. He's kind of like my sleeper uh, second half stash. But man, you have dude, it's loaded. Dustin May, uh, Ian Anderson. Before we get into more players, I really like. Do you notice that they changed the structure this year? It's always been Team USA versus Team World. They changed it finally. What it should be is the AL team versus the NL team. Yeah. So it's cool to see that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, are there any uh, any major standouts for you? Wander Franco, man. you gotta be, you got to want to see him. He's going to be facing the top of the like the cream of the crop prospects. He's killing it. He's, on, he's like number one on everybody's list right now. I think it has to be him as far as the excitement goes. Kalenic, dude. There's like I, I, every like I can name pretty much everybody. I'm, I'm exaggerating when I say pretty much everybody in this game. I want to see play. Lux. Give, me, give me three names from the AL side. Three AL, three NL that you're excited to see. I can't wait. I want to see Kalenic. I want to see Franco, Franco, and then after that, it just it gets ridiculously difficult. But I will go with uh, Joe Adele. Joe Adele is on my list too. He's probably been on my number one. I think he, he's going to be a top three prospect. I mean, he already – he is top five, but I could see him being maybe number two, I guess, behind Juan DeFranco, I think. Um, but, yeah, Adele, Kalanick. Oh, my God, dude. This Kalanick, 
kid is gonna just give me nightmares for the next. <laughs> the Mets traded him. Years. They traded him for Cano. Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz for Kellenic and Justin Dunn is another guy that they traded, and he's in the game too. Yes, he. What a horrible, what a, it's, this trade is looking horrible for us, but Adele <laughs> Kellenic. I'm excited to see Royce Lewis. He's kind of had a slow start this season, but this guy offers a ton of speed potential in a. Uh, in an era where speed is really a dying art form, like we've talked about. So those are a few names that I'm very interested in seeing. Well, if you want to talk about speed, redraft, Mateo might actually have uh, Jorge yeah. Mateo or George Mateo. <laughs> I don't know anymore. It's it's, it's, it's spelled Jorge, but... I think our, it's Jorge Mateo. Yeah, but our, our George, our co-host, he spells <laughs> it that way and he calls himself George. So I don't know anymore. But And then on the NL side, I think uh, we're getting a little long-winded, but my guy, I was, I've been touting, touting for a while. I want to see Dylan Carlson. He's kind of like a no-name guy that came out of nowhere. Nolan Gorman, I really want to see him play. And I'm torn because I want to see Boehm, Lux, and Bart. They're all, like, right there. But I think I'm going to have to go with – I think I have to take Lux because he's the closest. He's come out – he's come kind of – not out of nowhere, but he's really shot up prospectless this year. He and just got he, called up, didn't he? To AAA. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I should have specified one from Double A AA to Triple A. Yeah, and he's he's absolutely killing it in Triple A right now. He's absolutely he's been killing it all year. He, I think he gets called up before the year's over for at least a cup of coffee. And God, I, dude, I'm looking. It's at a this, t- It's tough. I'm telling you, I'm t- looking at this this list of players. There's so many good players. The pitchers are nasty too, man. I mean, it could be like a three three game with these pitchers. Yeah. <laughs> Isan Diaz of the Marlins, Monty Harrison, two good young players. The Marlins they, have young players. So excited. Uh, they better they better show up. They're not going uh, to. It's the Marlins. Did you see Alec Bohm as well? He was one of the ones where he's killing it right now as well in the minors. Yeah. Very intriguing dynasty name. Um, pitchers, Matt Manning, Nate Pearson, Mackenzie Gore, Ian Anderson. Oh my God! This Grayson, list. Grayson Rodriguez. Grayson Rodriguez is getting a lot of hype lately. Sixto Sanchez, another Marlins prospect. It'd be nice Gosh. to see the Orioles develop some pitching for a change. Good, good. DL Hall. I forgot about him. He's nasty yeah. too. Man, it's regardless. I mean, we're running. We really are running long on this. We are. We, we, <laughs> we need to move on, but it's exciting just, stuff. Watch the game. Basically, we should have just said that and skip, skip ahead. <laughs> We get more excited over minor leaguers than major leaguers. Well, because it's the it's the whole lottery ticket unknown deal, man, and it's the future. It really is, and it's so much fun. Now, enough of the future. Let's get on with what people are asking us. Let's do it, man. All right, at Nico underscore Mazzelli, he he commented one word under the quite under the Twitter on Twitter, Severino. That's all he said. But I figured, I guess that's, you know, I guess I'm going to assume he wants to know. Like, what our, Pedro Severino? Yeah, right. I wonder what he, I wonder if he, I guess he just wants to know, stat, like, he, dude, you got to stash the guy. <laughs> it's just that simple. You're stuck with him. You're committed to him. I don't know what to honestly expect. He's not going to come back and pitch quality starts. So he's definitely more valuable in points leagues. I mean, well, that's weird to say because normally quality starts mean points leagues, but I think he's going to be solid. He might be better in, in, in court category leagues then because I think the wins are going to be there. I see a lot of five-inning starts for him to ease himself in at best. Low pitch counts. Still going to have a good K rate, I think. Um, you got to temper your expectations. There's, it's kind of a lost year for him, and that's the harsh reality. 
there's still a lot of unknowns. He apparently threw off the mound for, for the first time since like April this week. Um, so I guess it really depends on how that throwing session went and what kind of throwing program they're going to put together for him in the coming weeks here. Um, originally they were saying like shortly after the all-star break, they can expect to return, but that's not, that's not happening. It's, well, yeah, I'm it's like a week and a half away here. And I'm reading um, that I'm reading. He's been progressing with long toss. He, he expects that he'll need at least five bullpen sessions before progressing to a simulated game. And then once he's done simulating games, he needs to go do a rehab assignment, which could be three to four starts. Which, that's a month on its own. We're talking, I'm not kidding. We might, we'll be lucky to get him back for uh, September. It feels like yeah. maybe August time, August or September, maybe. I was going to say mid August is a very generous ETA in my opinion. So if you, so say you get him for August, right? Mid August, we'll say middle, we'll even say beginning of August. It's going to take him what? A few starts to really get some pitches under him, throw some innings. You might get him for September. I'm not buying low. F- I'm not, if I had other tough IL stashes, I might, I mean, I'm in a pinch and I'm trying to make a push for the playoffs in my head to head league, or I'm trying to make some rankings up in the Moto leagues. He's a, it's a tough one, but he's a borderline drop. But you have to understand if you drop him, he's going to get added by somebody who's healthy and probably in first place. So he's a, you got, I feel like, I mean, you're kind of stuck with him because of who he is and the upside he offers. But I don't, I don't know, man. I have no share. So this is easy for me. <laughs> I don't have to worry about yeah. it. But same here. If I have IL spots, I would stash him. If you have some injuries happen and you need to get rid of some guys to make room for for your IL guys, I would cut Severino. I'm not looking to go after him. I'm not looking to buy low and get him in a trade. Uh, there's just too many unknowns right now. So buyer beware. And, yeah, it's pretty much a lost season at this point. You want to go ahead and read the next question? Because I think he actually asked us another one, so I'm going to try to find it in the meantime. Sure. So the next question um, is more just um, a general discussion, I guess, of the Marlins pitching situation. Obviously, Zach Gallen. Uh, so this comes from at the Fantasy Fam. Thank you for the question. And he just wants to know the outlook moving forward for um, the Marlins rotation with Zach Gallen and Jordan Yamamoto. Um this is it's interesting. Marlins have some good young pitching. Um, Caleb Smith is out right now. Pablo Lopez is out right now. That's kind of why Gallon and Yamamoto are getting these starts. But Caleb Smith has one more rehab start on Sunday, and then he should be back next week. Pablo Lopez started a throwing program this weekend, and I don't see him coming back too quickly. I feel like they're going to bring him on pretty slow. Uh, there's really no need to rush him now. Obviously, the Marlins are not in any type of contention, and they have these young pitchers in the mix. So there's really not any need to rush him back from a major sol- shoulder um, issue. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I see Gallon and Yamamoto sticking around in the rotation here. Um, obviously, Caleb will be back next week. Um, but between Alcantara, Trevor Richards, Gallon, Yamamoto, and Smith. I feel like they're pretty set there. Once Pablo Lopez comes back, I mean, that that should be probably like a month or so. I mean, a lot could happen in a month between Gallon and Yamamoto. Um, 
Yamamoto, I mean, you, you kind of dove into him a little bit deeper, I think, right? And you see some regression coming. Is that I, right, Mike? I thought so, and he almost proved me right the very first game because I was like – I had a tweet, like, ready to fire off. I was like, nah, let me see how he gets out of this first inning after the first inning. And, of course, after the first inning, he didn't repeat the really bad first inning against the Phillies. But his peripherals – were looking really bad. We're talking like everything was in the fours as far as era, XFIP, FIP, Sierra. He, his K rate is below. Like, it was like a six or seven point something K per nine. It was – these are off the top of my head, obviously, because I didn't really come back up. And as I'm trying to, while I speak, my things my things working really slowly. It's but right. at, at the end of the day, he's just – yeah, I got it back up now. His FIP is 2.45 actually now, but his XFIP is, is still 4.6. Sierra is 4.49. These are like indicators to look at real quick. His strand rate is at 86.7%. That's still like 10% or more above league average. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think I just, kind of, Yamamoto is kind of your mid-rotation starter. That's, and, that's what uh, I'm thinking. Yeah, he's not going to have overpowering stuff, and he's probably not going to put up. Honestly, he reminds me a lot of like Trevor Richards, that type of player. Nothing – Nothing too crazy fantasy-wise, fantasy numbers, but he'll be a productive starter, hopefully. Um, but they also have this other kid, Hernandez, the Marlins. Yeah. So that's another name to throw in the mix. So, I mean, they have a lot of names right now. But the main the main part of this question, I guess, is Caleb Smith and Pablo Lopez. Smith will be back next week. Pablo Lopez, I see coming back probably closer to August. So that should give Gallon and Yamamoto some time. And for that reason alone, I would definitely, I would definitely carry Gallon, and Yamamoto is definitely worth rostering at this point. Ride that hot streak while you can. Oh, for sure. And Gallon looked great the other night until what, the fifth inning. He got hit hard. Is that's when it all kind of went to crap? Yeah, he did but, look really good though. He had some kind of bad luck in there as well, but he looked really good the other night. Yeah, national team. I definitely like his peripherals better. They're all in the threes or the ones. It's really I'm just real quick look at them. Yeah, Gallon's definitely the guy. For me, it's Caleb Smith, um, Zach Gallon. Those are the two guys I really want out of this rotation. Smith, I still think he's the top arm to have. Still by low opportunity as long as he hasn't, you know, made that uh second rehab start. But, do you think do you think as a Marlins fan, do you think there's any chance that they move Caleb Smith at the deadline? No. He's he's young. They just got him. I, I I don't think so, man. For fantasy, I mean, if it was a fantasy move, I see. I've learned to just kind of let go of my fandom. Maybe it's because maybe come. Maybe it's because it's easy with a bad team. But <laughs> I've learned to remove being a fan from what I want to see happen in fantasy. And if Caleb Smith gets moved to a contending team, that'd be great. But I just don't think I haven't looked at his. Honestly, I haven't looked at his. Uh, like his how many year, how many years of control they have his. Uh, that's why I think it would be intriguing for a team to go after. He does have a few years of control left, but um, usually that means they're going to keep him, and they would they, they'd more they would be more likely to move him when they get closer to yeah. like the last year. It's also just going to mean they're going to want a haul in return, which is probably not going to happen for somebody that especially has been out for like a month or so already with an injury. But anyway, we could talk about that all day. Um, but yeah, Gallon Yamamoto, I think they're definitely worth uh, picking up and starting. Ride that hot streak, especially for Yamamoto and Gallon. Um, he's definitely going to probably be in that rotation for the long term. So and well, oh, I, I lost it. 
I think I have the question though. This this at this at Fantasy Fam. That's his name, right? At the Fantasy Fam. We, we're gonna pick these up. He 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 wrote. He's like he had one more question. It was a minor league question, but, but it still uh, comes. It's still about a redraft. Basically, Gavin Lux or Luis Robert. Both of them are in the futures game, but uh, he wants to know which one's more likely to have a come up this year. I think you have to. I mean, for me, it's a short, quick answer. It's Gavin Lux. And that's simply because he's in triple A versus double A for Robert. Robert has flashed, you know, some power, some speed. Lux has been just all around solid hitter. But again, triple A versus double A. I understand there's a better opportunity for Robert, but I'm always going to take the guy who appears to be closer. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Robert, <laughs> I mean, great young player, but I just don't, I don't see the White Sox rushing him. And like you said, Lux is in triple A, although. The Dodgers, they're just such a deep team. Um, even with Seager out, they got Kike and Chris Taylor. I just don't see Gavin Lux really getting much of an opportunity there unless there's some type of additional injury. But if I had to choose somebody for the rest of this season, I would probably go Lux. But long-term dynasty, I would take Robert. I'm, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I think Robert, yeah, maybe if you want the higher ceiling, but I think Lux, higher floor. It's about safety and depends on which way you want to go with it. Um, you want to go ahead and read the next one? Because again, I think there's another one on my profile I gotta find. So you go ahead. Sure. All right. So <laughs> sure. He sounds so. Sure. I, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> so this comes from at th fantasy sports. So his question is, who should I drop to make room for George Springer coming back? Michael Chavis, Brian Reynolds, Framo Reyes, or Oscar Mercado? And just a little background on his situation, his league that he's in. It's a 10-team head-to-head category, 5 by 5 with batting average, homers, RBI, steals, runs. He's got one of the worst offenses in the league, if you couldn't tell by the glimpse of my lineup. (laughs) Luckily, the pitching is keeping me afloat. He's currently ninth in runs, 8th in homers, 10th in RBI, 6th in steals. Okay, he's in 5th place. So he just wants to know who he should drop for Springer coming back. It sounds like he's in need of some offensive production here. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Now, I would like to know, like, obviously we, we need a little more because, yeah, he gave us where he ranks. But I can tell you right now, batting average is the hardest probably to make up at this point. Yeah. Because, you know, it takes a lot of really good hitting to move up a couple points, at this, especially your ratios, your batting average stats are pretty much in stone right now. So, with that being said, initially I was I was I, I don't want him to punt the batting average though. But if I'm him, I tr- oh it's oh sorry it's head to head category. It's not roto. So head to head. Yep. Why does why does it matter if he's tenth in average? And I guess that they give him like an overall look at his team. If he average, I'm all about punting average. <laughs> I, I punt a cat. By the way, I'm big on punting a single category to really boost the rest of your categories. So just looking at this, I'm okay with letting go with Brian Reynolds. As hot as he's been, I I have a whole bunch of numbers on him. I can really dive. Yeah. I can dive deep. But I was gonna say, my first glance was Brian Reynolds, mainly just because I don't have any stock in Brian Reynolds. I I really haven't been diving in as deep like as you have. No, I just did. Um, I just did because of this question. I have no shares either. Yeah, he's 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 been hitting really well. Um, he's a switch hitter. And he's he's batting over 350 against righties and lefties, I think. Well, 
here's the the reason why he would be my drop. Least amount of upside. High, he has a high floor. Least amount of upside. His slugging percentage is, and his expected slugging, there's a 100-point difference, meaning he's achieve, overachieving by 100 points according to the X stats. He doesn't steal bases. He's going to hit for a high average because he does have like uh, above-average speed. He's in the 75th percentile. So the speed's there, but he doesn't steal. He has like, no track record of stealing at all. So you're looking at a guy that once the power numbers, you know, regress back to his what, what's expected, and once everything else kind of settles down, you're looking at a guy who produces pretty much a decent floor, like a DJ LeMahieu without the newfound power in Yankee Stadium. But I was going like, to compare him to two names. One was LeMahieu, the other is Jeff McNeil. Very high but, average type players, but they don't really contribute a ton in the other categories. Well, Hey, hey, your buddy over there, the, I can't think what you just said his name. The, TH Fantasy Sports? No, 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 the guy. You just said his name on your team. I'm losing my mind. McNeil? McNeil? Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love McNeil. Don't get me wrong. I mean, McNeil is a much more proven player. He's been around yeah. for a while. and know what to expect. And Brian Reynolds been, has been up for a few weeks here. Um, I don't think he, it's going to last. And uh, he's been hitting for power, McNeil has. And he's shown flashes of power speed combo in the past. I would obviously I would I mean I think yeah I but I understand what you're saying but I th- I'm we agree especially with it being head to head categories I'm a, average is never a guarantee give me the guys that are hitting likely to hit home runs and RBIs and all the other categories I'll give up the little bit of average I want to keep Mercado for the steals upside for yep. the um for a little bit of poppy offers the he gets some runs but I think I think Brian Reynolds would be the drop and that's the other one that I would consider maybe is Chavis, but he seems he, – he had a cold streak, but he seems to be coming around. Um, he's been heating up lately, and he's got the nice position flexibility. So that's another reason why I would hang on to him. So I think yeah. we're both kind of in agreement about Reynolds being the guy here. Yep. Cool. By the way, I can't find that question, so sorry. That's yeah, all good. We have plenty of other ones. <laughs> oh, can Jose Ramirez keep his turnaround going? This is at Doby Bill. No. <laughs> I'm so tired of hearing about Jose Ramirez. Me too. <laughs> I have no stock in him, and you know what? I'm so happy about it, but uh. – I'm sure – here's the thing. When, for him to turn it around, there, there people were like, oh, he's on a hot streak. He's hitting like 330 or whatever it was over like two weeks with one home run. Grinky had the same amount of home runs as him, and that was like I, – I couldn't help but laugh about that. So, like, over, like, the same amount of period of time because we get a home run the other day. But I think people just need to get over the fact that he's not who he was over the last couple of years. Pitchers have kind of figured him out. And for lack of a better term, you got you to gotta just, just kind of get over it. Let it go. You're, you're kind of stuck. Move on. You kind of have to, man. It's, un, it's really unfortunate. I mean, if you could still get something out of him, I'd probably sell. But – yeah, I've I'm seen fine. a lot of guys propose trades, trying to get unload Ramirez from their teams. But and, they're still asking for so much. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I would, I would do that also. I'm going to nope. try and get a decent haul in return. Nope. But, um, you got to be realistic at the same time, you know. Well, here's the thing, I'm I pull of course I had to pull up his page, and he is going to do better. I just don't the hot streak. What are you expecting besides steals? He is his expected stats. He's he should be hitting about thirty five percent or thirty five points an average higher. His OBP 
kind of is what it is. His slugging percentage is about 80 points lower than it should be. His hard hit rate is disgustingly low. His barrel rate – so he's basically getting worse con- – he's making worse contact on the ball this year. His K rates and walk rates – See, when I see that, I love that, man. He has a K rate in the top 7% of the league right now. He's only striking out 12.8% of the time. League average is 21.5%. Walk rate, 11.6%. That's about, four, that's about three points above the league average as well. All in all, yes, better days are ahead for him. But maybe if you're like a, at this point, like a sixth round value, if you're lucky, <laughs> like that's that's the problem. Like, yeah, yeah, he might get better, but it's not looking great. You're not gonna get. You'll be lucky to get a, a couple weeks of run of him hitting a few like real home runs, you know. Yeah, and we've been saying like, yeah, he'll turn it around, he'll turn it around. But we're nope. almost at, we're almost at the All Star break here, and he really has not turned it around. So, like you just said, I'm over it. Luckily, I don't have any stock in him. If you have stock in him, I would definitely try to sell for as many valuable pieces as as you can get at this point, which might not be much. <laughs> exactly. So we can move on. If you want to just keep them rolling, you can keep okay. you can keep no going questions. I'll. I'll I'll gladly answer them and do my research on the fly because I'm a little behind on some of these questions. All good. All right. So this next question comes from at second, second E Lewis. <laughs> Sorry if I butchered that. Um, but his question is. Sakini Lewis. Sakini Lewis. Sakini. I have Chris Sale, <laughs> Trevor Bauer, Patrick Corbin, Caleb Smith. Humble brag. <laughs> yeah. Plethora of talent here. Uh, Caleb Smith, Cole Hamels, Marcus Stroman, Zach Plesak, Alzale, the rookie from the Cubs, and Logan Allen. I have two two DL spots open once Caleb Smith becomes available. Should I look for injured guys that are available, such as Rich Hill or Alex Wood for those spots? Or should I add guys like Jesus Lazardo and Brendan McKay? I don't. This is where it's kind of weird for me because then it says or stay put, or stay put. Sorry, I don't. I no, no, I know. But how does like are these DL spots also NA slots? Like, is it one or the other? Is it? Is he asking about adding these guys to stash in general? Maybe over like a, maybe over a couple of his back end guys like a like the like Alize or Azale. But I just really want to understand. I really just kind of torn like i obviously if you're telling me those dl spots can be utilized as na spots please pick up lizardo mckay sees a couple of those guys if you can't utilize those dl slots still don't waste time i mean hill and wood are hills okay i mean hill's interesting don't know how long he's out for though but at least, at least a month probably for hill yeah so i'm not even interested then um i would try to, if if you really i mean your pitching is so stacked i don't I wouldn't definitely – I mean, Plesak and Alzale would be the guys I guess I would drop. I, I like Allen's upside over those guys a little more. Plesak's been really solid, but – I like Plesak. He doesn't have a really high upside in the strikeout department, but he, he's going to provide you innings. He's got good ERA, good whip numbers. Um, he's a nice – it's been a nice piece so far. Oh, um, I'm, I'm definitely riding high on Plesak. But his peripherals say he's about to go boom boom. <laughs> yeah, he has I'm a sure. he has a strand rate of ninety nine percent right now. Like let's let's put that in the like. Whew. Yeah, he's had, some, he's had some luck as well. 
But I think we're both kind of on the same page. I think if we have the option of stashing Rich Hill or Alex Wood, I, I still don't even know what's going on with Alex Wood. Um, he had a setback again, by the way. Yeah. I, wouldn't surprise me if you don't see him at all this year or I, very late. Um, but I think stashing Lazardo and obviously McKay. McKay might be gone by the time um, you listen to this. <laughs> That's why I said Cease. I figured Cease would be the next like high-end pitcher that – he should have been up by now, but isn't yet. <laughs> Maybe Puck, if you wanted. I mean, Puck's going to probably be out of the, out of the uh, bullpen yeah. still. I really like Puck, actually, now that you bring that up. I, I liked Puck more than Lazardo. This was obviously before the, uh, the whole Tommy John thing. But like you said, I think Puck is going to come back. They're going to watch his workload, and he's probably going to be more of a bullpen arm. But I also – we don't know if this is a redraft or like a dynasty league here. Um, if I it's would dynasty, I would definitely – stash some of these young guys over these there's no way this is a, there's no way this stop it no this can't be a dynasty there's no way not with these names on there uh yeah regardless, not I would yeah, we're on the same page two questions for you so lazardo mckay uh, it's not even real a question right now because mckay just got called up if you who do you who do you take between those two you're gonna take mckay in redraft, yeah, because he's up or he's coming all right. up. Yeah, I th- all right. So McKay is the guy we would stash there. If you had to drop one of those guys on his team, which guy would it be? The first one would be Alzale. I don't know anything about him, but I don't see why it, did I miss the boat on him. Like, no, I mean he just he's gotten one spot start so far. He pitched in a relief role, which by the way he he pitched like four innings, let up a run, and he comes off the field like. He wants a curtain call from the crowd. Ridiculous. I already don't, don't like this guy. He seems really cocky. <laughs> he did do pretty well in AAA. He's actually pretty intriguing if you just look at his minor league numbers. Um, the, only, the other interesting thing about him is that Cole Hamels left the game Friday night, and he left in the second inning with an undisclosed, I think it was a shoulder discomfort injury. So if that results in anything, Alzale is probably going to get some more starts in the near future. But like you said, his his rotation is stacked. I think he's still the weakest player on that staff. I would I would have Plesak over him and Logan Allen has looked pretty good. So Yeah, I'd rather have both those over him as well. All right, okay. we can move on from there. Uh just keep at rolling. J, at J dub the gamer. Yeah, you misspelled that one. But yes, it's J. at J dub the gamer. Okay. He's one of our he's one of our He's one of our original guys. He's been around since day one. I saw you missed. I saw you type mistake. Yeah, you say sorry to him. You mistyped his name. Sorry, J Dub. Thanks for supporting <laughs> us. Appreciate it. There you go. Um, so sure J Dub's question is: Terrence Gore worth a roster spot in fifteen team head to head roto? Team needs every category except runs. Um, if you don't need runs, he's pretty useless. I mean, yeah, runs are full bases. I pretty much. Hold on, let me just finish here. So his form, it was 15-team head-to-head roto. Um, his current outfield consists of Jake Bowers, Harrison Bader, Trey Mancini, Will Myers, ugh, Ronald Acuna, Delano DeShields, and Brandon Nimmo. That's pretty ugly. I'm not going to yeah, lie. But I looked up at the time, I looked up Gore, and I guess I, I, the only reason why he would want Terrence Gore on his team right now would be for the steals. And That's even, the only thing I could think but of. But even then, I looked him up. I, I'll find it. I haven't looked up since because he was just that. The answer, the short answer is no. I would not add him, even a 15-teamer. 
And let me see if I can find my reasoning. <laughs> it was um, it was interesting because I look. How you look that up? No, I got it. It's one page. I'm flipping. Okay. No, no, unless he starts more. Six steals and <laughs> <in> the. <laughs> well, <That's awesome. laughs> no, there's more to it. I swear. But that was the first sentence, and I couldn't help myself. Um, six steals in the last two weeks, which is great. So I understand the interest, but the but he only started like two of those games, so it's likely he'd have grabbed most of those steals, if not all of them, on days you have him on your bench anyway. That's the issue. He's coming in, like, pinch running and getting two steals in an inning or two innings, and he's, he's out. Like, I'm done. Like, that's all he does. You're never going to get those steals. You might Is get – getting any starts? No, like, I told you, though, yeah, like, out of the – I like have to find him. Twice a week? Yeah, like, he's, like, he literally – like, he had six steals in the last two weeks, but he had, like, four at-bats. So, yeah. that's, like, what, a game? Maybe I think he had like eight at bats. So maybe he had two starts in two weeks and six steals, but those six steals weren't coming in just those starts. He comes in and pinch runs a lot and stuff too. Yeah. I mean, I'm not starting him over Mancini, Acuna. Any of them, even to Shields. And Shields is running, so he's not even an ad, let alone – for me, he's not even an ad personally. Yeah. I don't think there's any need to dive into this anymore. I just yep. – I don't think it's worth it. He's going to bring down all of your other numbers, and you could be getting – better production elsewhere from all these other guys on your team. And like I said, the, my big thing was just looking at the fact, like you have to look at the fact he's getting these steals when he's likely going to be on your bench. Cause if he's not starting, you're not going to make our spot for him. Yeah. And then he's getting these steals while he's not even in your starting lineup. So he's completely useless. Um, okay. Jump now. That's all the Twitter questions. I believe you can jump onto the Reddit questions if you want. Um, that's not true. No, it's not true. That's that's the last one on my list. Unless you have one, I didn't see. I separated them from trade questions. We didn't really get into trades yet. Oh, okay. Never mind. So here's a few Reddit questions. Um, not really trade questions, more just general roster questions. Um, this one comes from Benny Jets. What can we expect from Lazardo when he enters the A's rotation? Um, I think there's a very good chance of this happening sooner than later. He just got the call to AAA recently. Obviously, the Frankie Montas news um, stinks for fantasy owners, but it's very good news for Lazardo owners. Um, I could see Lazardo up probably end of July, early August at the latest. And, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to step right in. I think he's the guy over A.J. Puck, like you said. Puck's going to probably be a bullpen guy. Um, this team is struggling for starters right now. And I think Lazardo, um, homegrown talent, I think they're definitely going to go to this guy in the near future. Um, I think, think it'll be a good fantasy piece for sure. Now, he looked really good in AA last year. Obviously, in AAA, he came up and struggled, had the injury. And now he's coming back this year where he's off to an okay start. I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at fan graphs right now. He still has, you know, a 9.72 K, uh, K – K per nine. His ERA looks inflated at 4.3. That comes with a 72% K rate. So there's a little regression there coming his way. His bad is 333 against, also a little high. But his FIP and XFIP are, you know, 3835. And, you know, you're limited to the real information you can get to dig into him. He could be working on pitches, working on command right now. Um, stuff like that. You just, again, you're limited with the data you have. Let's see some of his ground ball rate right now in AAA is 66%. So he's inducing a lot of ground balls, very inflated 20% home run to fly ball uh, rate. 
So just a lot of things that it's, he, he's going to be solid. I think he, ultimately what I'm trying to get is I think he's going to be solid. I think some of his numbers are a little inflated right now. Again, he's come back from injury, so he's pushing himself. I do like him as somebody who could be a really solid starter, maybe SP3 this year, rest of the season once he's up with SP2 upside. But I think, I think he has future ace upside down the line for Dynasty Leagues. But you're asking about this year, I think he's going to be solid SP3-ish type of guy. Yeah, and we haven't seen the best of him yet. Like you said, he's coming back from the injury there. They're working him along very slowly. Um, don't want to have any additional setbacks. So figure a few more starts in the minor leagues and then uh, check out those numbers. Um, curious to see what kind of numbers he puts up in the next few starts once he's building up that arm strength. But yeah, SP3 numbers are pretty good. I'd say that's a pretty good floor. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like I'm trying to play. I'm trying to be a little, trying to temper my expectations because he's coming back from a, such a you know long term injury at this point. I don't know what they're going to do as far as pushing him. I don't know if he's going to be able to pitch past five innings. I don't know if he's going to be able to you know skip starts. There's just a lot of any setbacks. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm tempering expectations. I think SP3 is safe, but he could easily be like a Caleb Smith and a Boyd who I put in that SP2 category now. Like, you know, he could easily be top 25. That, that's, like, I feel like his ceiling for the rest of the year. Like, top 25 from when he gets called up. But I think it would be foolish to expect that. Yeah. That's why there's a difference in the wording, you know, expectations versus, like, upside type of thing for me. So, anyway. <laughs> Agreed. All right, next up from Reddit, we got Brad4498. Um, this is kind of a fully loaded multiple-part question here talking closers what closer should we be targeting will the rangers move leclerc or sean kelly who takes over for the giants once will smith is dealt who do the red sox or braves go after it's a lot of questions there (laughs) yeah there's a lot um i'll touch upon the rangers part here i'll let you get into the giants we can both talk red sox braves the rangers are a surprisingly good team this year um, they're right in the thick of this wild card race. They're actually really, they've gained ground on the Astros the past few weeks here. Um, if this continues, I don't see them moving Kelly or LeClerc. I mean, LeClerc, I don't see them moving because they have them locked up to a very team friendly deal. Um, but Kelly's actually looked really good in the closer role right now. I know Woodward was saying that LeClerc is going to get that job back at some point, but why mess with what's been working right now? You know, um, this team has been playing really well right now. I, I don't see them moving either of these guys. I think Leclerc gets the job back eventually, but if Kelly's pitching well like he is right now, it may not be as soon as everybody thinks. Yeah, I, I just I think Kel, if they are going to trade one, I think like I said, like you said, I actually agree with you with the Leclerc uh, take. Very big on. I think he, if he doesn't, if they are selling, he's going to be the one that becomes the closer for sure in the second half. But we have to see where that goes. You have to be determined. Now, you're, you want you're me, really only going to sell though if you're not winning. That's what, no, that's what I'm saying. So it's, that's Sorry. why I'm, no, I'm, I'm with you. I completely agree. Um, the Giants are funky. I expect them to try to sell off every piece in their bullpen except one. They have Will Smith, they have Tony Watson, they have Sam Dyson, all of which 
Smith, for by, by the way, Smith, this kind of plays into our next part of it. I could see Smith going to the Braves or the Red Sox and continuing to be a closer. Kind yeah. of like Vasquez. I know you don't want to believe Vasquez is going to be dealt, but there's already rumors about it where, where there's smoke, there's fire. I think he gets dealt. If the Dodgers don't get him, like that's kind of been the rumor. You got to – the Vasquez could be in play for one of these two teams, and if he goes there, he could still close there. So this is one of those one of those odd years where a closer could be traded but still be a closer. Vasquez to the Red Sox, I never really thought about it, but – that makes so much sense. I just and, don't. I just don't know if they have enough in that farm system to make yeah, that trade happen. They're very, they're very depleted right now, and because it's such a team-friendly deal, I mean Pittsburgh is just going to want an Archer-esque haul for Vasquez. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean the Dodgers definitely have interest, but the Braves have so many arms in the minor leagues. They yeah. give one up, give one up, give them a chance to actually go play. Give up Tuki Toussaint. Like, you know what? Toussaint hasn't worked out for you. Give him a chance to go be a starter somewhere else. That might be enough to, cause you know, it's a young guy with that ACE upside, but also reliever risk. That might be enough to make it happen type of thing. God, they have so many starters. Yeah. They can give that, they can give him up and not miss him. Yeah. But they're just being so stubborn. The Braves are being very stubborn, very cheap. And but this is a cheap deal. This type of guy you go get as as a Braves team. We'll see what happens. But like I said, we'll, I don't want to get too much off tangent. Um, Will Smith is likely gone. So who do you think takes over? You, I don't think That's, you said it. Who do you think takes over if Will Smith is dealt? I think they're going to take where Watson's been pitching well. But I think they're going to take wherever they can for him. Dyson, he's aging. I think I'm not sure what's left of his, of his contract. I think he gets dealt. I think it gets as far as like those three and Mark Melanson. I think Mark Melanson even gets dealt if they can. That leaves Reyes Maranta. Maranta, he's re- exactly <laughs> Reyes Maranta, man. He's been he can't like, earlier in the year. He was kind of like this. Uh, like I picked him up in leagues just for like ratio support and K- and K's because he was like that middle reliever that's just quietly been really solid. This year he has a two point six two ERA. A 12.06 K per nine. His walks are a little scary. They're damn near five walks per nine, 4.98. But a 82% strand rate, which is something you want to see high strand rate from, you know, relief pitchers. But it's the Ks, the 2.62 ERA, solid ERA. If he can get those walks under control, he has legitimate closer upside. And I think he's like a really deep sleeper for, for saves because I think the Giants try to sell every piece that's aging in that bullpen, which again, besides Will Smith being the most valuable, they have three decent to solid older arms that they're going to want to unload contracts from. Those numbers that you were kind of describing from, uh, what's the guy's name again? <laughs> I already <laughs> forgot. Reyes Moranta. He, he can't be owned in more than like 5% of the Yahoo leagues maybe. I'm being generous. Very generous. Oh. Maranta, those numbers that you're kind of explaining to me, it kind of brings back flashes of 2018 Jose Leclerc. He, uh, 3% owned. 3% owned now, at least. Okay. It reminded me a lot of 2018 Jose Leclerc, who started off the year walking a ton of batters, and then he kind of figured out his control, settled down, and he had double-digit K per nine. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's possible, but let's be real. If they're selling off Will Smith, Tony Watson – uh, Strickland, uh, not Strickland, um, Sam Dyson. If they're selling off all these guys and whoever, uh, who the hell do they have left? You know, like, is it Maranta. really worth Maranta? <laughs> Maranta. 
is there anybody else left on the team? Like, are they going to ever have a save opportunity the rest of the year? I, there's leagues where I'm rostering Ian Kennedy, which he's another one likely going to be traded. Love Lady would be yeah. the guy I. He hasn't been so bad, Kennedy. I actually have him in a few spots too. But he's the type that that's the type of situation where you're going to get a team where he'll get like three saves one week and not get a save the rest of the month because the team is terrible. But you're still going to roster him in deep leagues. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, again, Kennedy's going to probably get traded. I think Love Lady gets that shot at closing, so he's another name to look at. I don't know. Again, the Red Sox and Braves are going to go after. I think they both go after Will Smith. They both go after maybe maybe the Braves make it take a shot at Vasquez. Those names are coming to mind right away. Maybe oh, Colome, Colome from the White Sox. He's yeah. probably going to be traded. That Colome leaves was the name that I was going to think of for the Red Sox or the Braves. I thought that could be interesting. Not I think expensive. And if he and if he gets um, I had the name, I had the names ready. Um, if he gets taken, if he gets picked up, um, give me a second here. I had the names. It's not Herrera. Kelvin Herrera was the first name that came to mind, but he's been absolutely terrible. I would actually think it would be uh, Evan Marshall or Aaron Bummer or Jace Fry. One of those three. It would be hard. I think Marshall. I bought, I saw the other night. Marshall's been pitching like the seventh, the eighth ish. Jace Fry's kind of been in there with him. Uh, same thing with Bummer. So it's kind of tough. I would lean Evan Marshall in deep leagues. Herrera is shown as the setup guy, setup man on uh, roster resource. But he's been so bad. I mean, they, they probably would give him the shot. So he tries to build some trade value going into the offseason maybe or something. That would be strictly monetary because he's not that, he hasn't been good at all. But he has the name and the experience. So I guess, you know what, take Herrera for this year. But I think – Marshall maybe would be a sleeper going into next year. That's way ahead, so probably Herrera this year unless they trade him too. I can also see uh, a former prospect name for the White Sox, Carson Fulmer. I've always thought that I could see him transitioning into a bullpen role, possibly being a closer. Obviously, the starter did not work out for him, the starting role. Um, that's first name. What's Yeah, former first-round pick. Um, Eighth overall. Holy crap. Was, was it Vanderbilt? I don't know where. I could just, I'm just looking at his roster resource page and it shows. He was a very – first, first round pick eight. Well, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just really never panned out. No um, kidding. But he still ha- he's got good stuff. I could see him being a good late inning reliever. So that's a name to watch next year. But Colome, another good one. Um, a name that we didn't discuss, though, Shane Green. I could definitely oh, yeah. see him – being dealt to a team like the Red Sox. The Red Sox need somebody. This is just not working. I don't I think, understand how management could go into this season losing Kimbrell and thinking that Brazier or Barnes or Workman, like how was – like, okay, they're good leading guys, but can they really Workman. lock down the ninth? It's a, it's a very different role than those mid- middle setup innings. Well, and the Yankees did the opposite. The Yankees decided to go into the year with like one healthy starting pitcher – and a, and a James Paxton, and uh, and they but they they spent like forty million fifty million dollars on their bullpen. Look how that's worked out for them. You know, it just shows you that bullpen is so important. And the Red Sox really did drop the ball on it. Um, they did. So yeah, hopefully that gives you some answers to uh, your questions there. One, no, well, I'm dropping one more name. I'm not going to break it. Okay. I put I put him. I, I talked about him as like a deep league stash. I have him stash in leagues. Kyle Crick, because your boy Vasquez is getting traded, like it yeah. or not. Crick. And the and the Pirates always remain good enough to win games. So I think Kyle Crick slides into that closer role, gets some solid saves in the second half. 
the Pirates, they've dealt a lot of late-inning relievers, and they always come back strong it's with like somebody that. internally. Um, Vasquez was that guy. They traded um, – was it Tony Watson? or No, they traded Jason Grilly. Grilly or Melanson or – And Watson. They traded all three. All three of those guys were traded. Vasquez took over. Um, I don't remember who else took over. Maybe a combination of those guys took over once the other ones were dealt. But Vasquez took over. Um, yeah, they've had some really good closers. Melanson was a closer there. Jason Grilly was a closer there. They groomed those guys, and then they shipped them off. Then Vasquez, uh, yeah, they clearly know what they're doing in that bullpen. And I'm pretty sure they got a few really good young pieces from that Garrett Cole deal. Um, I think Perez was the name over there, Michael Perez. Um yeah, they have some options. Kyle Crick, like you said, if Vasquez gets traded, I really hope he retains that closer role. Like with the Red Sox or the Braves, I really hope he doesn't go to the Dodgers. That would be awful. Especially now, for fantasy owners who invested a, a lot in Vasquez. He was a, a solid mid-round pick. That's why you have to plan ahead and start sashing guys like Crick. Like I know it sucks, and it's really hard to make room for him sometimes, but if you don't want to be stuck – you know, chasing them off the waiver wire and having a low – because I know I have, like, little to no fab in leagues. I have low waiver wire priorities. I have to make these preemptive moves and hope they work out. So, yeah. regardless. Agreed. We're going to – we are running really long on some of these, so let's kind of get through. Right. Well, Valdez. Well, because I, I – honestly, I take pride. And I'm sorry to say that. I know it's another tangent, but I do take pride in how deep we dive into these questions because it's way more than other podcasts. And we – I think that kind of sets us apart – because we truly care and try to give them the best answer and information on all their questions. So, yes, these podcasts run long sometimes, but it's because we, we really just want to give you the most informed and opinionated answer we can. Yeah, just want to so, provide some good quality content. Not, to, just uh, say, not just say drop somebody, yes or no, or yeah. who do I take, and just give you a name with no reason. We don't like to do that. That's a lot of, that's a lot of what other podcasts do. And again, this is what I feel like this is what sets this apart and really makes us personable. And but this next question, I'm going to be like that. <laughs> Framber Valdez, worth the stash? No. Next I'm question. With, <laughs> I'm with you. I, I was with you, and I still am because it depends on what's on the wire. But you know, Peacock. We didn't mention this before. Peacock went on the IL today with shoulder issues. So <laughs> he might not be a stash. He might be up soon. Yeah, might be up soon. But still, um, not much on this. this. I streamed Valdez for those two starts. I think he played the Blue Jays, and it was another weaker team. I don't remember exactly who. but And then the week after, he uh, he faced the Yankees and had a big blow-up game. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a matchup play, honestly, for me. Nope, not for me because I'm looking at – I mean, just like when you're stashing somebody, you want more than just matchups out of them. And I'm looking – you know, you do – again, see, this goes back to our form. Like, it wants to be quick but informed. ERA in the in AAA, 415. In double A last year, 410. These are his ERAs. Uh, in 2017, four, oh, in 2017, sorry, 5.88. Like, his fifth and his peripherals always do look better. They're always in the threes or the high twos. So uh, I guess he would be a matchup play. I'm okay. I'll give you that. He'll be a matchup play. When but I say a, a matchup play, stash. it's not somebody that I would be stashing on my bench and playing him for good matchups. It's if he's playing the Orioles that week. I'm going to pick him up, and then right after, I'm going to drop him for somebody else. He's not somebody that I would just keep on my bench. Unless would, he, unless he throws together a, a good string of stars. Yeah. You know what? Maybe 
especially because he's on the Astros. He's got that offense supporting him. Maybe then I would consider if he puts together a few string of starts. But right now, I consider Valdez just a streamer at this point, and I'm playing the matchups. All right. Next question. (laughs) Is it time to sell high? Oh, sorry. This is from – that was from It's Mitchell Cox, by the way, the Framber Valdez. This question is from New Leaf Brandon. Is it time to sell high on guys like Pete Alonzo? No. Josh Bell? No. Alex Gordon? Hunter yes. Dozier, Austin Riley that are blowing projections out of the water. So I think we'll, we both can agree on this. We'll, we'll keep it pretty quick for this. Pete Alonzo, Josh Bell, two guys that we've both been very high on from the beginning. Yes, they're blowing their projections out of the water, but we think that they're both very legitimate and that this is going to continue for them. Alex Gordon, I mean – He slowed down too since – like he got kind of hot again recently, but he has slowed down so much yeah. that – He's a streaky player. He's not hitting for the power that Alonzo and Bell are. If you can get any type of value from him, sure, I would explore it. Um, but, yeah, that's somebody I would definitely try and sell high on. Um, Austin Riley, Dozier. Those are Riley, sell high. Yeah. Dozier, I really like. He's made some changes, man. He increased his launch player. angle. Increases launch angle. He's Kang eight percent less less of the, less uh, less of the time. He's walking five percent more of the time. He his exit velo's uh, career high. His hard hit rates a career high. He's made changes, tangible changes in approach, in launch angle, and you're seeing results. With that being said, you can sell high if you can get the right price. I just actually traded him. I remember I told you I, I did make a trade. I couldn't think of it. I traded him for Caleb Smith. But that was very, that's very need-based. I can honestly say that Hunter Dozier is a different player this year. He's showing all these changes. I believe in him. But I still think Caleb Smith was a good get for me and my team. And you can argue that's selling high because a lot of people don't value Hunter Dozier nearly that high. I'm also very high on him because I've, I've looked at him before, and he's still picking up where he left off. He is slightly over um, – he's a little over like – some regression is uh, – expected in because i'm looking at his uh stat cast page batting average is a little above where it should be slugging percentage is a little above where it should be but we're still talking about his expected batting average is 279 expected slugging is 510 that is absurd those are still amazing numbers so if even if he regresses to what he's supposed to i still like he would still be a very valuable asset to your team i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go out of my way to sell high on him but he's just he's definitely somebody the problem is I don't think you're gonna find a lot of people buying what he actually is. Like that's the problem. I don't think you're gonna get as much as you should for him. Yeah, and it's also need based as well, like you were saying. But I think we're kind of on the same page. I think Alonzo and Bell are guys that I'm holding on to at this point because we think the production is real. But I think if you have people interested, I would definitely explore the trade market for Gordon. Dozier and Riley with Dozier being somebody that I, I wouldn't be opposed to hanging on to. And R- Riley, the and big Riley re- too. Oh, the big reason why I would sell Riley. It's just that K rate of 33%. I can't ever. And the walk rate of 4.8%. He is just without looking at, I, I have to, I would have to really dive deep into him, which I'm not going to right now. Cause I, if, I pretty much have for the whole damn podcast, but um, those two things just really stand out. 
that usually means really bad things are are, are going to come. Because, I mean, that's been, always been a big reason why I'm not a Mondesi guy. He kind of has a similar uh, approach. Oh, God. You just said Mondesi. We need to get this. We need to keep this going. <laughs> but, but but Mondesi, you know how much I love Mondesi. Yeah. For those who don't know, some new listeners, I'm very anti-Mondesi. Not because of, I don't root against him, but, dude, the guy has – okay, I did look into him more. His O-swing, his swing strike rate, both were, like, through the roof high. Yeah, sell high on. Like, sell I'm gonna, high. I'm gonna sell high on. Like, yeah, but I don't like. like yeah, I get, again, we could tell them to sell high. I want to give them reasoning. We I mean, just, we, we've given we've given some good reasoning. I'm just saying, like, and this is why podcasts. You know why we we had this conversation off there. Then you know why podcasts run long with me because it's me because I do this on every damn question. He doesn't I, shut up. No, I don't. <laughs> but you know what? I hope they appreciate it because I care enough to sit here and. Keep they do appreciate like it. But you know what? I also appreciate my going sleep, to bed. My sleep. <laughs> well, let's let's knock out these trade questions real quick. Okay. So we have a few good trade questions. We're gonna kind of go through these um, pretty quick here, but we'll try and provide some detailed analysis. No, no, no. They're they're they're, they're quick. They're trades. Yes or no? So grew up. this first one comes from at Zimmy Eleven. This is actually my brother-in-law. Um, thanks for supporting Chris. Appreciate you sending in your question. Um, so appreciate, appreciate you listening to the very end to hear your answer. Yeah, he's gonna ask me <laughs> what, what's the timestamp on my uh, my question. <laughs> so, anyway, so his question is Would you deal Shane Bieber for Aroldis Chapman? I have Hector Neris, Liam Hendricks, Luke Jackson, Michael Lorenzen, and Jose Leclerc. Currently in second place with strong starting pitching behind Bieber, Kershaw, Wheeler. Barrios, Boyd, Plesak, weekly head-to-head category league. You can only start four starting pitchers per week. Thoughts? Mike, I'm going to let you have first crack at this. What do you, what do you think? I love Bieber, but because I, the big thing for me is need-based. You're, you're about to, I think you're going to lose Liam Hendricks sooner than later. I thought he was going to be longer term, but it looks like what's-his-face is already coming back or starting to throw today. Oh, boy. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I, I forgot to bring that up. So, yeah, for those who are still listening, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Trinan, I think, threw today already. Like, he's throwing on a flat mound. So, we're not looking too long-term at his return probably. So, and Naris, although I really like him, the Phillies just – I feel like they either win big or they lose big. Like, there's no in-between. Luke Jackson is Luke Jackson. He didn't even get the last save opportunity. Minter did. And Lorenzen got a save tonight, but he's – that's not a sure thing. There's and a lot Clark, of question marks there. And Leclerc is just, yeah, Leclerc. Ultimately, you can only start four starters. Boyd, Berrios, Wheeler, Kershaw, I think, are good enough to carry you. You might hurt in K's a little bit, but with that Especially being said. With if you have to start him. Yes, that's the thing. And obviously, you, you probably want to start whoever has a two-start week. And Plesak with a two-start week can really hurt you because I know it's a funky K for nine is yeah. one of your categories. But with that being said, I think – I think you again. It's very need based, but with only starting four starting pitchers, and with your closers you have, and if you are trying to compete in saves versus punting the category, which I always recommend punting one category in head to head category leagues, um, I would do it. I think it's a fair deal. I think it's a fair deal. I think it's really need based. I think they both offer similar value for what you're getting. You know what I mean? For like, they yeah. both offer similar value. Just what you need is what you need, and I would do it. No problem. Yeah, I agree with your thoughts there. I mean, if you're getting Chapman, though, it's not just a one-category guy. I mean, Chapman, he's no, going to get but, 
He's going to get you ERA. He's going to help a ton in K per nine and whip. Um, so I think Chapman definitely would help, but there's just, there's just so many question marks. Like you said, Kendrick Hendricks, that might not be a long-term thing, even though I feel like they're rushing back trying to, um, I'm with you. I'm with you. Jackson, this Braves bullpen is just a massive headache. Um, Lorenzen, Leclerc, and Jackson are pretty much all headaches. Um, you you got to roll the dice with one of them each week. It's it's frustrating. Hector Neris, like you said, he, he's been really solid, but they're overusing him. They really are. He pitched three straight days. The last day he blew up against the Mets. Um, but overall, he's had a pretty good season. I think he's more of like a RP2 at this point. So I feel like having Chapman as that RP1, I think it's a deal – that you should make in based on the information that was given to us. I agree. Um, I'm going to read this one because we're just going to run through it at Luis R underscore R angel. Should I trade Stanton for ace pitcher or should I hold on to him? This is before the injury, by the way, or the night of I have Harper Marcakis Gordon as my outfield. Thank goodness. You know what? I gave him a hard time, but George answered him on Twitter and said, go ahead and do that. I hope you listened to him prior to the injury. Because, I mean, it sucks. To, I never – like, obviously, I hate screwing over another owner. But if you made the trade before the injury, then all is fair. And, George, thank you for answering that question <laughs> ahead of time, even though you weren't supposed to. We can move on. I, I mean, hope, obviously – I hope you did that deal before. <laughs> yeah, because we obviously were five – five days late on this yeah. on this uh all right as you were we have two more to get to and then we're done all so. right this one is from at bain bain estate bain estate excuse me <laughs> um i'm in a 12 team head-to-head points league that redrafts my outfield is jd martinez hunter renfro eddie rosario kepler juan soto i've been benching brian reynolds so i figure he can fill one of these spots if i trade is J.D. or Soto for Kershaw an overpayment? Interesting. I would have said yes, but then I read it was a head-to-head points league, and pitchers are way more valuable in that league. So, no, it's not. Now, which one do you want to give up? I'm probably going to lean towards giving up. Oh, this is tough. This is tough, man. I was leaning Soto until his hot streak, to be honest. I still think you got – I think I still take J.D. over Soto in a points league. I yeah. think we I think we know what to get. We're gonna get out of JD. I think pitch for the better team, better lineup. Um I want JD in a points league, and I also well, really like Kershaw in a points league. I, I think I, I would do Soto for Kershaw. Soto is just as valuable in a points league because his OBP is an OBP guy. He's very, not just as valuable, he's really valuable in a, in, a, in, a, in a points league. But I think Soto's the one you move for Kershaw if you can make that happen. It's not an overpayment. If you have to sell JD for him. I'd rather not, but again, in points leagues, and I have I would have to look up the rankings. But I'm pretty sure Kershaw is probably outscoring both of them if it's your traditional points league. Because points leagues, pitchers get a huge boost in value, and you got to go out and get a Kershaw because he's he's better in points leagues. Yeah, and you have some you have some good depth there, like you were saying. Uh, I definitely think you can afford to make that deal. I just personally like. I would rather have JD and his 40 plus home run power, 120 plus RBI potential to pair with Kershaw. I think Soto's going to have a great year. I expect more like 30 and 100 type numbers from Soto. 
But like you said, I mean, he gets on base a lot and everything, but I think the power numbers from JD is really kind of what puts him over the top and I'd rather hang on to him. So I think we're both in agreements that agreements that uh, Soto for Kershaw is the move that we would try to make. And it's not an overpayment, especially in head to head points. All right. So the last question, this is from at Zyphon831. Should I trade away Blake Snell or wait? Not winning this year. I've got Walker Bueller, Luis Severino, Griffin Canning, Marcus Stroman, Tyler Malley, John Gray currently with Dylan Cease, AJ Puck, Mackenzie Gore as my NA. Interesting. That's a that's a strong staff right there. Well, and here's the thing. We don't know format. This is in a vacuum. Yeah. Uh, I'm not trading Blake Snell right now because his value is at all-time low on the season. Yep. He all points indicate a strong second half or at least a stronger second half. To say he's going to be what he was last year is foolish. He was going to regress as it was, but he's not as bad as he's been. So if you can afford to, and again, you're not waiting this year, so you could definitely afford to, hold tight, let that value build back up. And if you want to deal him going into the offseason or going into next year, that's when I would do it. I completely agree. Um, this is probably the worst it's going to get for Blake Snell. So mm-hmm. I would definitely hang tight. Last year, I mean, a lot of people a lot of people weren't really believers in Snell this year after last year. They thought last year was kind of a fluke. Didn't think he was really a, a sub-three ERA kind of guy. Um, but his numbers are kind of making sense. He, he's more of like a, a low – low to mid threes type pitcher this year, which really it's, it's not, it's not awful. Um, but his numbers have come back down to earth a little bit and he definitely, I, I still wonder honestly, if this injured toe is still an issue, this has all happened since he's come back from the IL. It's possible that he rushed coming back. Um, I would hang tight. On Snell, I agree with you completely, especially if you're not in it this year. I mean, his value is at an all-time low right now. So just hang tight on Snell, and hopefully he kind of regains that form in the second half. Excuse me, my voice is cracking. I'm very tired. <laughs> well, it's the episode ran long, and I know it's my fault, but regardless. Anyway, so I thought we were done, but as a matter of fact, one of our day one listeners, man, at Millie underscore Rockin', First of all, thank you for supporting us, man. You've seriously been – you've been there for as long as I – pretty much from the beginning. And it's, it means a lot to have a guy like you around, and we appreciate all our listeners. But this guy's just made himself known on Twitter. He, he's always tagging us and stuff. But uh, we're going to make sure we answer you, even though it's the very end. We just came across it. We completely forgot, so we're sorry. But cut bait or wait – we're going to start with that one. It's cut bait or wait on Matt Carpenter. Ah. Uh, Depth of league matters. I'm still holding on to him in 12-team mixed. But anything shallower, and maybe I'm just foolish, but anything shallower, I can let him go. I think it depends on who you're trying to pick up, yeah. uh, what kind of guys are available. Another part of this question from our buddy Eminem here, um, he seems to be a, a big Lourdes Gurriel Jr. fan. He asked about Gurriel Jr. versus Mondesi rest of season in a points league where no points are counted for steals. Which is um, weird, by the way. <laughs> yeah, usually it's at least one point. Um, we're recording this on Friday night. Gurriel homered twice tonight on Friday night. He also homered twice 
on Wednesday against the Yankees. So the power is is very legit right now from Lourdes Gurriel, and I am completely on board, and especially in a league that doesn't count anything for steals, and Mondesi is out for a little bit right now. I, I don't think that's super far-fetched. I think Gurriel is a great ad right now. And so let's say, for example, if Gurriel is available and you're trying to drop Matt Carpenter, yes, I would do that without question. Yeah, and you know what? I'm, you know, obviously, here I am diving in. Carpenter, there's just nothing that suggests better days. He has a really good K rate and walk rate, which is always the case. With him. Well, not really good K rate, but his walk rate is top 8% of the league right now. So points leagues, he still has some value. But we're talking about a batting average. In the, right now, it's 217. It's like his expected average is 224. So basically, he's right in line with it. His launch angle, he dropped a little bit. But his barrel rate is almost... It's almost half of last year. It's eight percent for eight, yeah, eight percent versus thirteen point seven percent. So he's not hitting the ball. He's hitting the ball hard, but not as not with the same effectiveness as last year. His exit velo is down. His hard hit rate is down. His hard hit rate is down ten percent. That is ridiculously, yeah, that's terrible. I and think he really he really needs to make another batch of his salsa because that's what started this all last year. I mean, Carpenter, he's always been this way. He's he's a streaky player. He started off kind of like this last year. He was horrible. And then he had I think it was July where six he weeks, just I think like six weeks of just absolutely ridiculous. Tore it up. But then in September, he completely cooled off again. So he's a very streaky player. I think you can drop Carpenter and I don't think anybody really is going to be super interested in picking him up unless he picks it up. So if he starts getting hot, keep an eye on it and then scoop him back up. I don't think anybody's really going to be going crazy to to grab him. Yeah, like I said, he's uh he's tough to drop because of a name, but just looking at yeah. uh, production, he is a he's pretty droppable, and I don't want to drop him. And I think everyone's I think across the industry, people are pretty reluctant because of what he did last year. But it's going on first second half of the season if you drop him, keep an eye on him type of thing. But because I'm reluctant, I'm not going to lie. I'm not comfortable saying drop him, but totally get it. He's been a drag. You're fine uh, with dropping him for Gurriel Jr. though, right? I think you have to, man. You got you to gotta, you gotta pick up that heat and hope it rolls, man. <laughs> yep. You really do. Um, but going back to your Mondesi thing. Oh, God. I no, <laughs> I, I'm just – I'm even with – Okay, points for no, when there's no points for steals, Mondesi's literally trash. In points leagues, he already loses value. You take away the fact he loses, he doesn't get points for steals. What good is he? Low batting average, low on base guy. Counting stats, yeah. he maybe had 25, stats. 30 home runs, maybe. But no, 30. You're being nice. He's not even on, before the injury. He wasn't even on pace for 20. He was barely on pace for 25. Um, 25 max. And and that's with everybody hitting more home runs. And that was very generous, yeah. He's he's, he's borderline. I mean, he's barely rosterable in that format. Crazy, I know. He's but so but you what you gotta do is you take that name, you gotta sell high. If you can get if you're saying get Guriel in a trade, you go out and get Guriel plus because I guess I probably you probably still could because just honestly carries that name and if you look at ranks, he's really high on rankings. But people don't realize how useless he is in that format. I think you have to Try to sell on the name because in that format with no in a points league with no points or steals, God, he's terrible. I've <laughs> never seen that by the way. You may want to send a note to your commissioner. Maybe he yeah. messed up or something. <laughs> yeah, or next have a change to at least one point. Some what do you 
typically play in points leagues? Is it one or two points for steals? For I you? thought it was two, but I don't play. The one I play in is one point, but I've heard a lot of people do two points. So it's very weird for me to hear no points for steals. Back when I used to do two uh, points leagues, it was two points. And I'm not opposed to points leagues. I just I, – I save my points leagues for football because football is very – I get frustrated every year. I'll be like a top five scoring team and not make the playoffs. So that's why I hate points leagues, but that's a whole other discussion. I try to cater to them. I really do, but I just don't – I'm not a huge fan. Um, now, the last thing he wants to talk about, buy low starting pitchers. I've been kind of saying this for a while now, and Wheeler kind of just did, out, did his thing. So Wheeler's one of my big guys. Peripherals all say he should be better. Not as good as the second – you know how second, second half of last year he flashed like ace upside? That's not what it's suggesting. Strong SP3 with SP2 upside. Solid pitcher, fringe top 25 guy, rest of the way is what I would expect, which is really good compared to what he's been. And you could probably get him for a decent price. So I would go out and get him. He's the first guy that came to mind because I've been trying to make deals for him, and I've been harping on going to get him for a few weeks now. So um, Clevenger after tonight comes to mind. He had an absolute terrible start, has been on and off the IL last few weeks. I mean, I don't know if you'll be able to get a good enough price on him, but definitely somebody I would definitely uh, try to go ahead and, you know, make a move on and go get. One name that comes to mind for me is a guy that we've been kind of high on all preseason, early this season. He had a great first month, Joe Musgrove. He um, He's pissing me off. He had a great, great first month. He had a horrible – past few weeks he's been he's been droppable he's been dropped in a lot of leagues um musgrove right now is 40 percent owned in yahoo leagues so you might be able to just add him but you have to trade him trade for him it's possible definitely take a look but his past two starts he's looked he's looked very good he's thrown two quality starts um against the padres decent offense some good some good players over there but they're very uh, the Padres are just very boom or bust home yeah, run or nothing they strike out a lot. Um, yeah. But the interesting one is Houston. Obviously, I, I I was torn between starting him against Houston yesterday. I sat him. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about it. I pulled the trigger and started him. I felt like it was a revenge game. I thought he was gonna come to play against <sighs> his, his former team. But he's put together two quality starts here. Um, I think he's made some mechanical changes. Um, he was really relying a lot on his fastball, which is not great for him because he really has a low 90s fastball. If he's not locating it well, he's going to get rocked. And I think that's kind of what was happening. So I think he's kind of changing it up, throwing slider, cutter a little bit more, some more movement. He has like five pitches or yeah. something like that. So got a lot always, of pitches. He's got a really want, good change up. You want to bet on a guy who has that type of arsenal. I'm with you. I just, I'm just aggravated because I really haven't been able to pick his spots. Like I, I've started him in the bad starts and I've sat him in the good starts. And I'm just yeah. at the point where it's like, you have, basically with him, you have to commit because you just don't know which one's coming right now. But we've seen his upside. So yeah. I, I can get on board with that. Um, yep. Two more names that came to mind. I'm just scrolling through here. Boyd, people don't realize, and I honestly either die because I have no shares. Or, I have no shares at all. But Matt Boyd, man. Because over the last month, he's been terrible. 5.9 ERA. He's been struggling. 5.9 ERA, 1.28 whip over the last month with 41 Ks and 29 innings. Though, so the K rate is still there. I looked at his peripherals the other day because I actually argued Boyd versus Lariano 
for the rest of the season. And me and Eric Cross, go figure. Francisco uh, Liriano? Yeah, right. Um, no, Loriano from the. Uh, oh, uh, God, no. I really thought you meant Francisco Liriano. I was like, why are you having that debate? No, Ram- L- Ramon, Ramon Loriano okay. and Matthew Boyd of the Tigers. We had this on Twitter. We were discussing rest of season and dynasty. And I told him it's really t- knee dependent. I went with Matthew Boyd, Eric Cross, very respected analyst in his own right. He wanted Lariano, and we discussed it on Twitter. We, we back and forth. No one gave in. I still think I'm right. He still thinks he's right. What I'm just curious. I, I didn't see this. What's the reasoning for Lariano that he would keep him? A lot of it was, um, you know, his hot. He's had. He's been coming around last month. He has 20, 30 upside, which is true. He really does have that type of speed upside. But I just. I just don't think he does enough otherwise. I mean, his middling average is okay. 20 home runs isn't that much. If I need the speed, I get it. But I'd rather take the chance on Boyd with his SP2 upside he has. Um, the peripherals are all in line with – I think Boyd is just cl- going to be closer to rebounding back to similar – or not similar, but close to what he was in the first half and will be a solid SP3. Again, similar to Wheeler. It could be an SP3 with SP2 upside. Somebody you can just – Plugging your lineups, not worry about. I think he has that type of upside. Probably more upside than Wheeler, but similar floors. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I think Boyd is SP3 with SP2 upside. I also think there's a very good chance that Boyd gets traded. Uh, He's a young, controllable pitcher, which I think is going to treat a lot of teams. And I think a trade is going to boost his value tremendously. He's going to get some more wins, hopefully. Um, but, I mean, if he, there's a lot of teams out there that are looking for pitching. I mean – You say that until – I always do this. The, the Yankees. The Yankees use some pitching. Yankees. That's a, um, that's a very good one. They missed out on Keuchel. That's the, that's the first one that came to mind. Uh, Phillies. The Astros, especially with the Peacock injury and Valdez. And, Whit- and Whitley not being anything. Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, the Phillies use pitching. Yeah, so some big playoff contending teams really could use a starting pitcher. That would just boost his fantasy value tremendously. Um, yeah, I mean, he gave up four runs against the Rangers the other day, but he also struck out 11 batters. So he's got a really good, strong strikeout upside. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good buy low. He, he's really struggled the past month, but um, he's pitching in a weak division right now. He's got the White Sox next week. So that could be a good matchup. But like we said, um, if he gets traded to a contending team, that could really boost his value. And one last name, Frankie Montas. Don't forget to buy low on him. Um, you might see him on the waiver wire, actually. I'm kidding, man. Please don't, please don't take me serious. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was waiting for you to like, at least give me a pity laugh. You just kind of let me keep falling. Well, I, was wait- I was waiting for your reasoning, but um, that didn't it, I, w- I would actually buy low on him in uh, – in Dynasty. In Dynasty, yeah. If somebody drops him, I would definitely scoop him up. Well, I would, and I would be trying to trade for him right now because there's a lot of people that are like trying to get from under him thinking that everything was uh, due to the PEDs. But that's not the case. But regardless. Anyway. That's good, man. We, that we covers it. Yeah. Now we're done. That's it, guys. The episode ran long. We appreciate those who stuck around to listen. Hope you enjoyed the feedback. Hope you and honestly, if you stuck around, there was a lot of good information we gave on a lot of different players. So, with that being said, look out for some of our work 
obviously this podcast is represented by the FSGN. So give them uh, check them out at the FSGN on Twitter. Uh, you can follow any all of the three of us on Twitter as well. Uh, Zach is at BrafZ. I'm Mike. You can follow me at Mike underscore Curlin. And George is at JMonsonS90. All three of us will be on the episode next week, I promise. Uh, I'm dropping a new article tomorrow, so by the time you're listening to this, it might be today uh, or a couple days ago. It's going to be a deep dive, a deep dive on Austin Meadows, his breakout, his uh, recent struggles, and a rest of season outlook. George is coming up with his hitter planner and a few other little things he's working on. Again, we, we write for fan, fan tracks. You can find our articles on fan tracks. That's cool enough that I'd say that, to be honest. Super thankful. But with that being said, guys, don't forget to leave us a rating review on iTunes or wherever you listen to us, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.